Welcome to the latest episode of the Finding Hope podcast from Rogue Retreat. You can find us in numerous ways. First of all, you can go to facebook.com slash rogue retreat. And we're hosted by anchor.fm. But you can also find us through TuneIn and Apple Podcasts. Without any further ado, on with the latest episode. This is Stan Luttrell, and I may, we may as well begin the Finding Hope podcast with our, uh, our cohorts in crime, uh, Matt Voter-Strauss, and I know that Marcy is here, and so we may as well get started. Matt, would you like to start doing the honors? Because yes. you guys know more about La Clinica than I do, although I've heard a great deal about it. All right, well... First, I just want to thank um, Robert and Rosa for joining us today for this episode of Finding Hope Podcast. It is a pleasure to have you guys here. And um, I guess I'll just start off with asking the question. Um, so what do you guys do for La Clinica? Well, I am the team lead for our La Clinica's Mobile Health Center. Um, I've been with La Clinica for going on five years now. Started out as the wellness coach, benefit enrollment specialist, helping people to sign up for OHP, uh, and helping to drive the mobile to all of its many locations in our beautiful valley. Wow. So how do you know how long La Clinica's been around? Uh, just over 30 years. It was, we celebrated 30 years in 2019. Uh, got its start actually outreaching to the uh, migrant workers in the fields where it was identified as these are people that are underinsured, don't have enough uh, income to be able to afford health care. Uh, and just a group of doctors and, and healthcare workers came together and started going out to the fields. Rosa may have more to add to that story. Thanks, uh, Bob. So I have been with the Clinica since 2004, and my name is Rosa Reyes. I'm the currently the patient experience manager. Uh, I started out as a call center representative in 2004, and then in 2010, I became the team lead for the call center. And um, that's right, we have been around for about 30, almost 31 years, and really, we want to serve those who are um, not able to afford health care um, and any we want to help overcome any of the barriers that they may have and really just be here to facilitate those steps. Okay. How has COVID uh, impacted what you folks do and the way you do it? Oh, so much <laughs> throughout the whole organization. Everything has changed. Um, some for the better. We've seen a lot of great things happening in the Valley and within our organization that are great, but then also a lot of hindrances, um, making it more challenging, uh, which just sparks even more creativity. Um, for my team, that has looked like uh, we carry with us four tents, 10 by 10 tents that we set up uh, anywhere from two to four of them at every one of our sites. We see patients outside. Um, everyone's wearing masks as it is everywhere else, eye protection. Um, it's added a lot to set up and break down. 
uh, and it makes for an extra cold winter when we're not able to <laughs> see people on the mobile. The mobile was not outfitted as a setup tents place, but it has uh, you know two medical exam rooms, uh, a couple of dental chairs, everything on board meant to treat people on board. But COVID, uh, because of the tight spaces, we're not able to maintain distances or allow for the 15 to 30 minute recommended periods between uh, patients in each exam room, like our, our bigger sites are allowed to do, um, because they have more exam rooms. So we've adapted in a lot of ways, even down to, uh, you know, where and when we're setting up, um, to meet our patients where they are needed, where they need us. So. And with that, I want to add that 2020 along with not only COVID, but the fires, Yes. have really taught us as, as an organization um, what we're here for and who we're here to serve and that there's really meaning and purpose for us to be here. And so um, we've learned so much from it together and grown, um, not only as an organization, but as people. And it, it's incredible um, what we can accomplish if we come together. September 8th will be a day that lives on in our thoughts for many years to come because that was a day of the fires. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. September 8th will be a day that will live in empathy, uh, empathy for Southern Oregon, for sure. Um, you know, when you guys were talking about kind of the creation of La Clinica with um, going out um, to the, to see the migrant workers and really wanting to make sure that everybody had access to healthcare. I, I know that when the mobile unit was created, it was kind of created with that same essence that you wanted to be as mobile as possible to go to where folks um, needed the services. How has that grown over the years? So La Clinica, honestly, it's been just beautiful the way that uh, the culture has been rooted in that space of compassion and that identifying groups that are at the greatest risk and don't have the care that they need. It started with migrant workers, but it's really evolved. That's where we got our name, La Clinica. But it's really evolved to meet like what Rosa was talking about. Anyone who is underinsured, underserved, um, in dire needs of good health care, quality health care. Um, and so just whenever an opportunity arises, even the fires have brought up new opportunities for us. Um, you know, our leadership is discussing ways. How are we going to best meet this new need in our community um, and come together and pull together commu other community partners at the same time uh, to really focus on this? And that's just the constant mindset of Lufanica is how do we meet these barriers and break through these barriers for anyone having them, experiencing them? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We currently have... You know, it, our outreach department alone is more than just the mobile health center. Uh, we have a small team called Happy Smiles Dental Team that goes to our schools and offers um, dental care for students, specifically sealants um, and uh, and other services to and trainings, teaching them about dental hygiene uh, and offering. Uh, toothbrushes, toothpaste, dental floss, all kinds of things, uh, just so that they can be outreached to. But then we have a school-based health center as well, uh, which has had to adapt 
in big ways during COVID with schools being shut down. Um, and those school-based health centers are more than just, you know, a nurse practitioner or a nurse on, on site. They're also mental health, which as we all know, uh, you know, mental health has been a huge issue during COVID where everyone is locked away. You know, we are social creatures and especially our youth who are not allowed to visit with one another. There's, there's so many concerns there. And so our school-based health centers have worked really hard to maintain a presence um, and to offer those mental health as well as regular health services uh, to the students. Wow, that sounds amazingly holistic. Um, it, it, that's, I, it's not often that you hear healthcare providers that think about all of those different areas that you need to have represented to be able to build an adequate team that could really wrap around support with folks. Um, I, and I know that La Clinica has been a leader, especially with um, behavioral health care and integrating that into physical health and everything. How have you seen um, that holistic approach help change the families and those that you're serving? You know, when I came into La Clinica, it was as a wellness coach, um, which is a non-licensed, but on the behavioral side, really identifying social determinants of health, um, and identifying those barriers and learning how to sit with, with our patients who are in crisis and to work through whatever it is that's, that's bothering them and then re refer them to the services that they need. Um, and I can't tell you how many patients that I've sat with. Um, the, the beautiful thing with that is providers have 20, in most of our sites, they have 20 minutes with a patient. That's their patient slots, 20 minutes. And so having that integrated behavioral health team, uh, not just wellness coaches, but also behavioral health clinicians, um, licensed social workers, um, being able to go in and spend 20, 30, 40, even an hour with an individual um, and to do so with no judgment, uh, and to have those deeper conversations and to work with the providers as the provider team uh, is just life-changing for so many of our patients. Out on the mobile, we have a term that was coined by one of the people who started the mobile, our first uh, driver and registrar. Um, it's it's uh, our checks, our paychecks. And the beauty of heart paychecks is you know, we don't always see what happens to our patients when they leave the mobile. Uh, we might see them once, we might see them 10 times, uh, but they eventually leave. Sometimes we get them into care elsewhere, but every once in a while we have someone drive up in a brand new car and they get out and come and see us and they say, you don't remember me, but two years ago I was at the you know bottom of the barrel and I came here and you guys just wrapped around me and with all these services and connections um, and I'm on my feet, I'm working, um, I'm doing really well. I've gotten my kids back. Um, so many different heartwarming stories that uh, you don't always get to see all the way through. That has so to be exhilarating for you. It is. It's incredibly sobering. Um, and it reminds us of why we're here, why we're doing what we are and why it's so vital in this valley. Yeah, I, I love that heart paychecks. That's I love that. Um, mm -hmm. that that speaks to my heart really. Um, so that that's a, I, 
you know, I, I love hearing those stories about how um, just kind of that holistic approach can kind of help lift people up. And I think we sometimes in our work even kind of see that too, where when somebody comes into our shelter program, we get to work with them for a little bit, but then when they transition on, sometimes it's a couple of years down the road when they come back to us and next thing you know, they're homeowners. And uh, it's just always kind of heartwarming to be able to see and feel those things. Um, so how did you guys come to begin working with um, Rogue Retreat? So that came about because, uh, you know, the mobile started in 2012 and it started out with us going around and just doing needs assessments um, in the valley and identifying the locations where services were already being offered. And when a few years ago we heard about Set Free, um, Set Free Fellowship and all that they were doing there with their access food drop, which several places are doing, but on top of that, their laundry trailer, shower trailer, and then their clothing and inviting other community partners to come. Um, we decided to branch out and we reached out and they welcomed us in. And, uh, you know, that's where we met uh, Pastor Chad McComas um, and their team there and got involved with uh, Rogue Retreat when the Kelly shelter opened up as just a, a warming center uh, during the winters, the coldest times of the year, they invited us to go to the Methodist church there on uh, West Main where they were set up and uh, all the work that they did there to bring in the fire suppression system. Um, we've just always been so impressed with the ingenuity, the adaptability um, and the resourcefulness of Rogue Retreat to really meet the same population that we have. And with that same level of compassion, um, we really feel connected to the work with Rogue Retreat. And now our mobile is going to the urban campground, whom Rogue Retreat is working with, as well as the Kelly Shelter uh, each week. And so we get to continue that, that partnership even more fully. And it's been Really great, really great for our community. We'll be back with more of the Finding Hope podcast after this message from Rogue Tech Pros. Is your computer giving you a headache? Are you wanting to replace that monstrosity with a new box? There is only one place to go. And that's Rogue Tech Pros. I know because I use the services that Charlie of Rogue Tech Pros provides. He services well what he sells. And for further information, give Charlie a call at 541-299-2100. That again is 541-299-2100. Um, you know, one of the things that I like to point out with um, our case management that a lot of folks did. in the community don't often know is um, part of what we like to do is make people get people connected with um, having health insurance and then establishing primary care. And you guys are the first step um, in helping us do that in many cases. And a lot of folks in the community not, might not be aware of the overall health cost savings that comes from getting folks into primary care. Um, do, can you guys speak to any of that? Absolutely. Rosa, would you? Yeah. So we have um, our benefit specialists and we have, um, they're located at each, each site. Um, and currently they can actually offer the service virtually, meaning it's a, a web 
like a Zoom or some sort of FaceTime appointment. Um, and they ask them a few questions and then they submit the application through the Oregon Health Plan. Um, and then um, you'll know on the spot if you're approved or not. And so um, if you're interested, you would want to call a clinic's general number, which is 541-535-6239, and they can get you more information. Very good, because that was one of the questions I was going to ask. <laughs> I could be find out more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah, they'll be happy to help you. So um, simply give us a call and we'll coordinate that. Excellent. Well, thank you. And, you know, I know there's probably a lot of folks out there that are like me. I'm in my 30s. I'm reasonably healthy at this point in time in my life. Is there a reason why I should have primary care and not wait until I'm in my 40s and 50s? <laughs> um, Absolutely. Preventative care is the best care. Yes. Um, so your doctor wants to see you at least once a year. Um to see you're doing well and anything that can be prevented and caught in time, then it's uh, a lot. And of course, that's the better for you. <laughs> that's the reason why our healthcare is getting so expensive is because when you're young, you think you're invincible. Matt. I feel attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> and later on, if you wait, and that's the reason it's like a teeter totter. You have one end that it has that that's not and that they're not balanced so you have the people that need wait for medical care until they need it and they have to have it and all of a sudden that's really adding more cost to the system yeah it's absolutely true put it out there we do have our wellness um, health center, and that offers a lot of uh, movement classes, um, prescription classes, so they, they teach you how to cook healthy. So there are other services within La Clinica um, that you are, once you're a patient, that you have access to as well. Mm-hmm. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so um, while I have you guys on this call, um, Thinking ahead, I know that 2020 was a really busy year with COVID and the fires and everything, and that we're still in the midst of this pandemic. But what what are your guys' visions for the work that you're doing? What would you like to see it grow into as you continue forward? <laughs> That's so tough. You know, it's La Clinica is just so committed to this valley and improving it that, you know, we are constantly looking at new partnerships, uh, particularly those that really coincide with our same level of compassion and empathy for those who are, who are at the greatest risk. And right now, um, we know that after the fires, everyone who was impacted, I mean, we, our, our homeless population probably tripled or more with the fires. We already had over 2,500 homeless or you know, close to 3,000 homeless living in the Rogue Valley and we lost almost that many homes. Um, and so that's how many more families were added to that, that list. And so what we're looking at is how do we better identify what it is that those families need and how do we get them those services as fast as possible. And so we're really working hard to, to identify that and how do we work, you know, if it's there, how do we build those, those pathways 
so that they're very clean and fast to get people uh, the support. And if they're not there, how do we as a community come together to create those those pathways or to, to create those services? Yeah, the two words that came to mind are innovation and collaboration, mm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Thank you for summing that up so so succinctly. <laughs> you know, um, I, I just want to say I think that that even though I don't never want to relive 2020 again, um, I think that's one of the unforeseen un, unseen blessings is that Southern Oregon it, by before the, these crises was a fairly collaborative region in terms of nonprofits and community partners being able to work together, um, but. With the current pandemic and the current crisis, it's really opened things up to where there is a lot more political will to be able to do the right thing and Mm -hmm. try to make sure that we're moving forward in a a direction that doesn't allow this to repeat in the next 20 years. And so um, I I definitely echo that I think that um, anything that's being done in the future, um, collaboration and innovation are going to be at the forefront of it. And um, just based on the work of La Clinica, I think that you guys will be at the very tip of that movement. And it's an honor and a pleasure for me, for myself. And I think I speak on behalf of the organization when I say that. that I'll tell you, I'm really happy that that both of you are here. This this has been really a a fun and informative podcast. Absolutely. You know, and I do have one last question. Um, This one tends to stump people for a second. Oh, I'm waiting Um, for this one. (laughs) Couldn't have given me a heads up. <laughs> oh, that wouldn't be fun, though. See, it's half the fun is watching guys squirm when he asks. Them. <laughs> so, um, um, you know, the name of the, the podcast is Finding Hope, and a lot of times we are interviewing folks with lived experience. And mm-hmm. so, um, one of the things that we like to ask is if you were to encounter somebody um, that was living on the street and literally was in a place where they were hopeless, what would your message of hope to them be? See, you did it again, Matt. At least I'm consistent. Yes, you did. Yes, you are. Well, well, it's interesting because you're asking for a message, but honestly, what I found to be the most impactful with, with with our population is not what we say, but what we're willing to do. And what I mean by that is... You know, take, take for example, the, the population that the mobile primarily works with. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've seen someone come in who has primarily used the emergency department as their source of health care. Um, and their experience of health care has been one of um, judgment they feel judged, whether that's actually the intent or, or truth. They, they feel ex- judged and labeled. Um, and, you know, an emergency department is there to take care of a of physical emergency and then move on. They're not equipped and designed to take care of those social determinants of health that you really need to get from a primary clinic or even from a mental health facility. And so being able to meet them where they are and actually give them time to talk about what's going on with them, to listen to their stories, 
that in and of itself creates more peace, allows them to get out of the, the mindset of being in crisis. And that's when they're able to experience hope. So does that make sense? It does. In fact, you, one of the things that uh, I was involved in is a, a advocacy group for the disability community. And we had a thing called Options for Success every year. And one of the years that I was involved with it, we, our message was thinking beyond the label. Mm-hmm. And somehow, if you can think beyond the label, that can make a big difference. Absolutely. It really can. It really can. So, right. And then, Rosa, you've had some time to think about what your message would be now. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't I get really, to be left um, You don't get to be left out. I don't get to be left out. Yeah. Oh, I do agree with Bob. I think that what we've learned is really um, connecting with them and and. And building that relationship. So I would just find the moment to connect with them and really try to offer any support that, that is available and, and, and ensure that it is, um, if it's something that I'm going to commit to, that I'm going to follow through for them. Because a lot of these times, um, these people are really broken. And so if I go out there and I say something and I don't mean it, then it's only going to break them more. And so really ensure that whatever I am offering is something that can be provided and in any way. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. I do too. All right. Well, we're coming um, down to the end of our time together. And um, I just want to thank you guys for, um, for being willing to be our next victims as Stan likes to call it. Um, (laughs) Even though um, I think most people tend to enjoy it. Um, But yeah, just once again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for um, for the work that you're doing and for coming here to share it with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting us to, to join you and to share with you some of our, our hope and compassion for our, for our community. Absolutely. Now, see, you can tell people this is relatively painless. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, you want to take us home, Stan? Well, I don't have far to go, but I'll do that. All right. (laughs) I want to thank you, both of you, for being here. It has been just an absolute thrill for me to listen and learn because I learned some things. I've heard of La Clinica for years and years and years, but I didn't know that much about it. Now I feel uh, like I know a lot more. With that in mind, this concludes this episode of the Finding Hope podcast. And remember, you can hear us through anchor.fm or you can go to uh, roguesretreat.com slash fa- uh, Facebook. Well, anyway, facebook.com slash roguesretreat. I'm backwards. What can I say? We'll but figure anyway, it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, you'll, you'll pay money. <laughs> anyway, take care, everybody, and have a great week. All right. Thanks, everyone.
Hey, this is Chris Janish, co-producer of the Finding Hope podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode. New episodes out every Wednesday. We'd love if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, find Rotary Tree on Facebook at facebook.com slash Rotary